Welcome to this week's podcast from Reality Christian Fellowship. We pray this message will equip and inspire you to love God, love one another, and love our community. For more information or to find out what's happening at Reality, check out our website at realitychurch.org.au or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. So let's just, uh, Father, I want to thank you for this today. I want to thank you for the privilege of bringing your word. And Father, as I open it, may I pick up on those things that are in your heart. Father, I thank you that your people are here to hear what you have to say to them. So Father, I ask that in the name of Jesus, you bring life to the words that you want in their hearts. Father, I ask it in Jesus' name. As we've come here this morning, as I've sat and listened, I've been amazed, at, but I shouldn't be, at how God is already speaking to you. And I don't know if you realise it, but right here, um, I, I have to confess, I wanted to change my message and I have altered it from its original form. And now I'm going, you know, Pastor Rob said to us, we don't hear enough about sin and conviction and temptation. And that was what the word was leaning in on. And I thought, no, that's too heavy. Um, I've been influenced, I guess, by my own concerns about how I will come across. Will you hear it? Uh, rather than being more concerned about what God has to say. As I sat here, um, I just marvel. Just marvel at the things that... Um, we have we've been sharing in. I marked my place in my Bible, and of course I can't find it now. You've got to love it. I wanted to take you to um, Ephesians. And as I uh, was preparing this word this morning, I may as well have just sat at home, really, because you've already heard it. It's come through the communion. You know, that beautiful communion, the song, He is Alive. And you'll see why that's important in the message that I want to bring you this morning. Three things. We've had a word that says we are to focus on the goodness of God, whether we're in storms, whether we're in plenty, whether we're at peace or in tribulation. We are to focus on the goodness of God. Again this morning, you've heard from Pastor, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to convict our flesh of sin because we serve a holy God and we're being called into holiness. We need to have a passion for the holy. The influence of, these, of the things that we listen to. I want to speak to you from Ephesians today. Uh, that great book that was written by the Apostle Paul. There is a theme here. Uh, again, as um, I've forgotten your name, but you gave such a wonderful message for communion. You spoke of the influence of the Apostle Paul, how he was transformed by the resurrection life of Jesus. And that's really what the message is today. Let me read Ephesians 2. Uh, one to four for you. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, 
in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also uh, we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. We could spend so much time just considering those verses. Though in those four short verses, Paul takes us from pessimism to optimism, from the depth of a fallen nature to the heights of a life in God and his love. God who is rich in mercy. What a roller coaster. So let's take this ride together, shall we? Paul started out his life influenced by the religion of his time. He was a Pharisee and a good one, according to the Pharisees. He even prided himself at one point of being a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was influential in the stoning of the first Christian martyr, Stephen, as we've already heard. After his encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road, the evidence and fruit of that encounter with the resurrected life and the resurrected Christ, he became an influencer for Jesus. We hear a lot today about influences. But you know, Paul's influence has through his writings, through his life, he planted this church at Ephesus. Ephesus was in the centre of, it was built around this huge temple to the Greek goddess Artemis. So it was a centre of paganism. It was a centre that was not open uh, to uh, Christian values, godly values. It was a pagan, hedonistic, pleasure-seeking culture. And it was into that that the Apostle Paul planted this church in Ephesus. It was a thriving church, a bustling church. And we see that uh, it's one of the seven churches addressed in Revelation. The Apostle Paul had a very special relationship with this church. He pastored it or he mentored it for three years. He taught them and he grew them up in the, in the things of God and in the Word. And we see that in Acts 18, that he spent three years ministering to the people of Ephesus. So he had a pastoral heart for them. Unlike many of the other letters he wrote, which were for correction of doctrine, this one was out of his pastoral heart. And he wanted to inspire and encourage those he had pastored and loved so dearly, knew so intimately, to grow in their faith. And so this doctrine, uh, this book of Ephesians, is powerfully grounded in the life of God, of who we are, of who He is, and who He wants us to be uh, in this world. And you and I, if we spent our lifetimes just in that book, would come away alive and enlivened to the things of God. And we then too would be influencers. You know, we are not called to be influenced by the world. So many things in this day and age are influencing us. So many things are trying to change the culture of the world. Well, and they are succeeding. 
But let me tell you, if you are influenced by the resurrected life of Jesus Christ, you are called to be an influencer who is not shifted by the things of the world and who is dealing with the things of the flesh. And as we do, the influence that we are to, to share and to be part of is a life lived, centred in Christ that is a counterculture to the world that is being offered. The world is doing what, what has always been given over to by God. If it won't serve Him, it will serve the flesh. It will serve the devil. It will serve itself. But we, beloved, we are to live for a higher calling. We are to live so full of the resurrected life of Christ that out of us, there is an influence. Don't get, don't get caught up with, but I'm a nobody. Let me tell you, we're all nobodies here. We really are. The only thing we can boast on is the life of Christ within us. When I was a young Christian, full of carnality and fuss, I wanted to be an influence. And I was going to take the world on and, the, you know, take the bull by the horns. And I was going to be someone who influenced for, the, for God. I was going to conquer the world in Christ. Well, I had a few lessons on the way. As Pastor Rob has rightly said, I've been influenced as well. And those who have influenced me see with, you know, are now, uh, my life has been shaped by their influence. And I want to acknowledge Pastor John and Jean. As a very raw young Christian, I bounced around in this building, <clears throat> stating my case and claiming my ground. But I want to tell you, the only thing I want to be now is influenced by God. Yes, there are those around who will impart to us and continue to influence us. But the greatest influence in your life and my life should be that of the resurrected life of Christ within us. <clears throat> that life, can I get a drink? That life that, um, thank you, I'm getting so excited, I'm getting dry in the mouth. Thank you. So let's come back to our text. Ephesians 2 starts out, and you. Well, that's because there were no chapters and verses in the letter that he wrote. So it is actually tied back into Ephesians chapter 1. And in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul, it, it's ending, and so this and you flows out of the ending of, of chapter 1. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. You need that. You need a knowledge of God that comes from God through the resurrected life within you. may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. We get a lot of information and influence coming at us. We need to be careful about what we allow to influence us, what we're allowing, what we're hearing and seeing, 
what we're engaging with, what our thought life is, because it's all coming from influences around us. You need to be centred and influenced by the resurrected life of God within you. The Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you into all things. He's given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. Now walk in it is the call. And the only time we need to focus on self is when we're being convicted of what needs to go because it's stumbling that walk. It's blocking the light of His love and who He is. Otherwise, our focus needs to be fully on Him. Oh, the goodness of God and the wonder of God. And as we focus more on Him, you know, sometimes we listen to things, even within the church, and the focus is on us. And sometimes we need to just check that there's not so much focus on us and me and more of a focus on Him, His glory, His kingdom, His love, His life within me, shaping, moulding and helping me to be all that He created me to be, all that He created you to be. You are to be His glory. You are to be His crowning light. Hello, Donna, I just noticed you over there. You are his crowning light. What an honour, what a privilege. You can't be any more important than that, than to be the light of the King of glory, of the God of all creation, the one who loves you deeper than you've ever known, has a plan and a purpose for your life greater than you could ever dream or think of. But you, says Paul in chapter 2. Oh no, and you. So he's tying it back to the resurrected life that he's prayed that the Ephesians would have. That you might be, let me see, um, and that you, uh, revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened and you may know what is the hope and of his calling. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of the power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? It is the same power, Paul is telling us, that raised Jesus from the dead that has raised us from death to life. And we no longer need to be influenced by the things of a dead and dying world. We need to be influenced by the things of life and growth in God, of holiness and wholeness. The world pursues wholeness. Let me tell you, you're not to pursue wholeness. That's a worldly thing. You're to pursue holiness and the fruit of that will be your wholeness. We are to pursue holiness. We are to pursue a pure heart and a clean life, a pure mind. And yes, we need to understand and acknowledge where our sin is, as you've spoken of, the secret sins of the heart. That's the things the Holy Spirit is after. Because He wants to bring you fully into His light, where you're no longer captive and in bondage to the things of darkness and death but you are living a glorious freedom in the light of His love for you. That's what He wants. That's who you are. 
And so chapter two is tied to chapter one and the depth and power of the life that has given you new life. We talk of Colossians 1.13. He has taken us from the kingdom of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. But, you know, we go, great. Thank you, God. Thank you. But do you understand what that really means for you? Do you really value that and know that power of resurrected, transforming life that is in you and that you carry? And when you carry it with a passion, everything changes. You become the influencer instead of the one being influenced. And you, he made alive. Oh, if we could grasp the depth, the height, the breadth, the reality of that. He has made you alive to the things that are holy and pure and good. He's made you alive to His very self. He's taken you to His very heart. And you are alive in Him. Alive. And you, He has made alive, who were dead in trespass and sins, You know, Paul's not going to dodge or fuss around the edge of it. You were dead in your trespass and sins. And some of those trespasses and sins you still carry into your life in God. Trespasses. If I could read my own notes, I would tell you what the Greek word is, but I don't need... Oh, yes, here it is. And if I could pronounce it, parapentoma, which means to cross a knowing boundary. Oh, yes, God, I know what you want, but not now. It's not convenient. Lord, I know you're calling me, but there's a lot of goats around, isn't there? There's no do a lot of butting. Do you do a lot of butting? Well, this is known as a transgression because I am deliberately resisting what I know is required of me. I deliberately do things that are outside of the boundaries of his kingdom. His kingdom is founded on righteousness, peace, joy and love. And when we're inside those boundaries, we have great liberty But the old sin nature within us wants to stray. And we are called to be overcomers. We are to overcome the pressures of the old nature of the world, the flesh and the devil, Paul goes on to talk about. We are to keep overcoming. He has taken us and he's given us and resurrected life so that we may be overcomers. As we nestle and press into Him, we will begin to reject and overcome the pressure of the temptations to do it our way, to be our own person, to lean on our own wisdom. How many of us still lean on our own wisdom? So what we're saying really is our wisdom is wiser than His? Hmm. I wonder. And the next, the other word that he's using there when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, a sin is to miss the mark. 
It's like an arrow that's been shot and it doesn't quite reach the bullseye. Might come close, but it's not there. And sometimes, you know, we think our life is close enough and so it's good enough. No. He has called us to a holy character, to a holy walk, to be diligent about rooting out those things that keep us from missing the mark. If you think of your your soul as a cup, as a new Christian, I could see the rocks in it. Oh, they were easy to pick out. They were so obvious. But then when I got rid of them, within that was some pebbles. Well, they were a little harder to dig out, a little harder to recognise and identify. But when I have got some of them out, I found that they're in a layer of sand. Now, it's those grains of the old life and the things of the past and the desires of the world, the flesh and the devil that are subtly still influencing the holy life, the resurrected life that I'm called to live. And so until Christ returns, we're never done with growing up and maturing and becoming more and more Christ-like. God's purpose for your life is Romans 8.29. I hear people all the time saying, what's God's will for my life? His will is that you be conformed to the image of His Son. That's his highest will for us and that's your highest priority. And when you're walking in his will and that priority, you will influence. Now, I'm not saying that people will always like your influence. But you are called to be a counterculture. You are called to be a light in a dark place and light will always expose darkness And the world doesn't like it. And we're beginning to feel the pressure of a world that doesn't want to be exposed. So our good is being called evil. But didn't the Bible tell us that's what would happen? So we can look up and we can rejoice. And we can get lost in Him. And I've got lost in time. How much... And he and you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You once walked in your addictions. You once walked in your fears and anxieties. You once walked in your selfish focus. Once walked. But now with resurrected life, your heart needs to be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit when it says, that's not who you are anymore. That's not how I've called you to be. Ephesians tells us that he knew us, Ephesians 1.4, he knew us before the foundation of the world. So he knew who you were called to be in holiness and righteousness as his glorious children as those he loves with such a passion he would die for. We're called by Paul to really, really get a grip on what it means to have resurrected life, 
to know and to walk in the power of it, to be shaped in, in all that it has for us and to know the purpose of living as children of light is to be influencers. <coughs> but to be that, we must first be influenced by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, by the voice of God that comes and prompts and calls and draws. And we need to be aware that our butts are a resistance to His desire to love you into wholeness, to empower you to walk in the radiance of His glory, your high calling. He has crowned you with dignity. I was told in my early life that I'd never amount to anything. Well, look at me now. Not because I'm standing here, but because I have resurrected life in me. Because the King of glory reached out, pursued me, chose me and drew me to himself and said, I want you as my child. And that should deal with every insecurity that ever wants to poke its head up in you. In fact, giving in to those insecurities could be called maybe sin or a trespass because you actually know better. But sometimes thinking of ourselves in those terms seems safer than stepping out with the courage and boldness to walk in the dignity he's called you and crowned you with. I'm going to have to stop. I don't want to, but I have to. It's called discipline. Who are you influencing? Paul's influence is reaching out through the ages. He was so impacted by the resurrected life of God within him. And in this book of Ephesians, he wants you to know it, to see it, to understand it and be as deeply impacted by it as he was. And when we are, as we grow in it, we are unstoppable. We are influences of a broken, fallen world because we are to be the light of the world. What a privilege. What an honour. Let us throw off the works of darkness, the subtleties of the world, the flesh and the devil which are influencing our soul and let it breathe and live in the life and the fullness of resurrected life. The same power which brought Jesus from the grave brings you from death to life. And you are alive in Him. And I don't want to stop, but I have to stop. So, you know, as, as we close, I have a quote somewhere in these notes. If I'd ever stick to them, be interesting. They always seem so logical at the time. In this book of Ephesians, back in 1903, a young boy called John Mackay, 
who went on to be the president of Princeton Theological College, said of Ephesians, to this book, I owe my life. And he went on to explain that in July 1903, as a lad of 14, he experienced through reading Ephesians a boyish rapture in the Highland Hills. And he made a, a, a passionate a protestation to Jesus Christ among the rocks in the starlight. And in his own account of what happened, I saw a new world. Everything was new. I had a new outlook, a new experience, new attitude to self and other people. I put in the self. I loved God. Jesus Christ became the centre of everything. I had been quickened. I was really now alive. Is that your experience? And beloved, soak in the Word. Soak in the presence of the Holy Spirit and let your inner world come to such a passionate enlivenment that you shine as a lighthouse to all those ships in dark little spaces that are looking for a safe harbour. That safe harbour called Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you for this opportunity to share your word, to encourage your people. Father, may we all dig deeply into you and into this book of Ephesians that we might truly comprehend the depth and the power and the purpose of your life and your resurrected life within each one of us and that we would walk in the high calling that you've called us to as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We pray it challenged and encouraged you to keep growing in your walk with God. For more information and to find out what's happening at Reality, check out our website, realitychurch.org.au or find us on Facebook. <laughs>